Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we are talking about Return of Condor Heroes 2006, the Chinese drama series, and today we're going over episodes 13 through 15, so we've gone up to three episodes at a time now. We're going to try to maintain that if we can, and we're also not going to talk about individual episodes, we decided. We're going to talk about just sort of what happens over the course of, of the episodes we've watched, because really... There aren't individual episodes in this program. It's not like it's not quite like when we did Babylon Five. It's a little more uh, things happen over the course of of each episode as part of the overall story. Uh, and 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 while Babylon Five has that to an extent, it also had sort of the individual <laughs> episodes. So uh, I think this is a better format for this particular program. Um, so, so, this, so in these episodes, the big things that happen is Zhao Long Nu once again leaves because she's been persuaded by Huang Rong that uh, that Yangua is going to suffer uh, the you know uh, uh, because the rest of the martial world will never accept him and will always look down on him, and that Yangua will become bored living in ancient tomb if they retreat from the world. Uh, and so, you know, he goes he he goes off looking for her. He ends up having an encounter with uh, Huang Rong and the Wu brothers who are fighting uh, Jin Lun, and he manages to help uh, help uh, fend, fend Jin Lun off a bit, and then uh, they're they're finally sort of rescued by uh, by uh, uh, Cheng Ying, uh, who is the uh, the cousin of Lu Shuang and one of the girls at the very start of the show from uh, the Lu family. And except she's in a mask at this point, so we don't know exactly who it is. And and he has a sort of a reunion with her and Lu Shuang, and they nurse him back to health, kind of like in like a almost like a cabin in the woods is the sort of arrangement. I mean, it's a you know it's a it's a I don't know exactly what the structure is, but it's a very rural situation that that he ends up in. And uh, he learns that Li Mocho is on her way to uh, to, to to get her revenge and to get her. Uh, uh, her five poison manual back, and so they sort of they, they contend with her, and while they're fighting her, uh, Huang Yaoshi arrives and uh, helps drive her off, and this leads to a whole series of things which we'll get into. Um, but he uh, Yangua and Huang Yaoshi really hit it off, like really really hit it <laughs> off very well, and he learns some techniques from uh, Huang Yaoshi. They have an interesting discussion. And eventually, uh, Huang Yaoshi uh, heads off. Also, I should say Shagu uh, from Legend of Condor Heroes also makes an appearance at this point. And by the time Huang Yaoshi leaves, we have uh, Shagu, uh, Cheng Ying, and Lu Shuang together with Yangua. And they end up getting, uh, getting this idea to get a giant pair of scissors made by a smith to deal with Li Mocho's fly whisk. And they go to a, a blacksmith... And he just so happens to be one of the disciples of Huang Yaoshi. And Li Mocho shows up, and there's this really dramatic exchange between her and uh, Fung Mo Fung. And, you know, we'll get into that as well. And then, and then, uh, and then you know, after, you know, at the, at the end of that, uh, uh, Li Mocho leaves in embarrassment because her, uh, uh, her, her clothing gets burned or torn, depending on how you, you read what was going on in the scene. And 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 she she ends up uh, uh, and her fly whisk I think got destroyed so she ends up uh, uh, leaving and I, and I think Yango kind of persuaded her that he he might know uh, the exact techniques he needs to know in order to defeat her and so she she takes off and yeah. 
after this, we get a really important development where Yangor, and he's been sort of trying to do this a number of times, and this time he just really manages to sort of cra crack Shagu and, and, and get, the, get the information he's after because she saw his father killed. And he learns that, that his father was killed by, um, uh, by the poison armor on, on Huang Rong. And it's very interesting how this happens, but that's sort of the, the, the breakdown of it, the, 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 the quick version. And, and so Yangua is enraged by this information and decides he wants to kill Huang Rong and Gua Jing. And he goes and he joins with Jin Lun. And, and, then, he, and then he, who takes him to the camp of Kublai Khan, and this is where things start to get really dark. And also, this is something that I'm not so happy with with this particular series, but uh, Zhao Long knew uh we get we get uh we get to see her uh venturing into a place called passionless valley and meeting the master of passionless valley and he eventually persuades her to to marry him um you know it's a it's a, so what's what's your problem with it what's the, difference? the problem i have with it and again i could be wrong maybe i'm misremembering things but my memory of the book is that none of that is dealt with until yangor gets to passionless valley and it's revealed that this all happened so it's much more of a surprise the way it's presented i see i, I think see. it's a lot more effective now granted i think anybody that was watching this program where it aired was familiar with the story so it's not not, it's a, not a huge thing but I, I just think it works better to and again i could be wrong there's a you know it's possible i'm just misremembering the events of the story and 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 something that wasn't a flashback i'm treating as a flashback but i'm like 99 percent sure that when she shows up at passionless valley it's a surprise um so i just feel like that's kind of an odd way to do it but yeah but yeah so i don't know what did you think because obviously a lot happens this episode and it's <laughs> yeah 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 a lot goes on i mean kwang yaoshi showing up was great and him uh him and Yang Guo having their 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 good friendship there for a little while was uh was very entertaining. That was a highlight. Yeah, I was I was surprised at Huang Yaoshi. More surprised at him showing up than I should have been because you know Chen Ying being his disciple and everything. It's like oh he is the natural person to show up, but I and still I was uh, caught off guard. And uh, yeah. I, no, I, I, I enjoyed that. The uh, the blacksmith was uh, Fung Mo Fung was 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 very very interesting. I mean, it became very clear very quickly who he who he. I mean, I didn't specifically know which disciple he was, but it was pretty evident early on. He he knew an awful lot about every single one yeah. of uh, the disciples <laughs> for a, a random blacksmith, and. Uh, yeah, I was, I was disappointed we didn't get a big scissor fight. We never got the giant scissors. But other than that, other than that, that's my only criticism. Yeah, and I think I think the scissors might have made more of an appearance in the book, but I could be wrong. I do think they become relevant <laughs> later. I think they do. Okay. I think in Passionless Valley, yeah. they become relevant again. Um, but yeah, it's a very... So, so number one, we're going to have to talk about some gaming stuff because there's a lot of things that have to do with gaming that I think would be relevant. Yeah, but, oh yeah. We but, have, uh, we, we have uh, the le leveling up, for one thing, with the, yeah. the moxibustion he uses to level up. Yeah, and the, <laughs> and, yeah and, 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 and also just sort of the, the, the coincidental meeting with the blacksmith, the, um, the uh, <laughs> uh, you know, just, there's, there's a, I don't know, there's a lot here that I feel you can sort of... Uh, you know you could sort of make use of in gaming terms 
Um, but that scene where he meets Wang Yaoxia is the one that really sticks out in my mind. And I think it's something about uh, how... I, I don't know. I just I love the conversation in the book. It's it's a little bit more like you know, you know. Everybody says I'm so unorthodox, but but uh, but you decided to marry your your shifu. I never thought of doing that. That's like he's like impressed <laughs> by how like how how much Yangor is sort of pushing the limit, and and it's nice in this scene. Like Yangor is so proud, like not proud of himself, but he's like so defiant. Like he's like you know the world is stupid, and I'm going to do things my way. Like that's kind of his. Uh, his attitude and you can just tell that that's really earning the respect of Huang Yaoshi and it's interesting because Guajing never earned that respect in Legend of Condor right? he just yeah. never I mean even when he even when he sort of you know uh, like everything on Huang Yaoshi's part towards Guajing felt very reluctant in the end it didn't feel like you know he was <laughs> really impressed with this young man um, so Oh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the very first episode of this series highlights that where, uh, where you know, he, he, he's, uh, you know, watching, uh, you know, well, well, when Huang uh, Yoshi shows up, it's like he hears he's around. It's like, oh, I don't want to see him. And he just, that's the, re that's the reason he leaves. He's like, forget it. I don't want to talk to that guy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it, it it was a really I mean it's it's a good scene too because it uh it gave you know it gave Yangua just I think it, it you know it's the, the affirmation he needed and in, in the fact that he's uh, he's I mean you know he he has been doing his own thing the whole time and it's not like it, it necessarily changed anything he did but it was it was nice for him to you know have someone who saw that as a is a virtue rather than him you know just being difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, th I thought it was, and he kind of, and he was kind of using it to take jibes at Guajing, and so it was, uh, I don't know, it was a funny, it was just a funny exchange, and a, um, and 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 I think Huang Yaoshi really, really shines as a character in, mm -hmm. in this sequence. Um, also, Shagu, I thought, I thought the 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 characterization of Shagu here really reminds me a lot of the Shagu from Brave Archer. And yeah. And so I thought that was, uh, I don't know, she's just like a, and, and it's funny too, because she's like supposed to be 40 at this point, but she's still behaving uh -huh. like a, you know, like Shagu from the first book. Um, yeah, she's the one character who just doesn't change. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'd forgotten the character's name, but I had absolutely no, no issue remembering the character just because it is, it is basically the exact same characterization as Brave Archer. And uh and I get, but I guess the the crucial scene is when you know, like, so every time Shagu sees Yangua, she thinks he's Yang Kong, and she thinks he's yeah. a ghost. She says, you know, oh, a ghost, it's the ghost of Yang Kong, and and she thinks he wants revenge, and so he starts using that to his advantage, and he, I think he does it like three times, and on the third time, he find he really pushes her uh, to like the breaking point, and and it's it's I don't know, it's the the way she describes. Like, like she says, I saw, I saw, like he asks, how did I die? And she says, your body were, was eaten by crows. And just like, just like, you know, yeah. you can just tell how he's affected by the imagery of his father being eaten by crows. Uh, and then, and then, and then, you know, she says, Gugu did it. And, and again, this is one of those things where Gugu becomes this, you know, it, 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 it's very interesting how Gugu gets used over the course of the story. And, and, and he eventually is able to whittle it down in a very interesting way by 
just sort of the process of elimination like you know well who did like like you know like Gugu is on Peach Blossom Island with 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 uncle and grandpa and she's like oh and then he's like oh what is she, what does Gugu call grandpa you know? yeah and then when awesome. she's his father is it starts to all <laughs> fall into place and then he and then he and then he finally figures it out and and then he's just determined to to go get revenge and this is again i don't know what did you think of that term did you feel that it was abrupt did you feel it made sense did it It was very abrupt i mean it's yeah i mean it it is it is a huge turn i mean it's the kind of thing i'm gonna have to see how it plays out because you know i mean he's still his own character i mean you know we get when we get to the kublai khan and stuff he's it's not like he's changed sides or anything. He's still like, oh, I didn't come to join you guys. I'm yeah. here doing my own thing. So, yeah. you know, it's not it's not like his character changed. But it's ultimately, it's the kind of thing I have to reserve judgment on until we get to a scene where he's actually with Wong wrong yeah. again. It's like, what happens then is what's going to make me decide. Because I, you know, I, 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 I kind of get where he is in his head now. It's just about how what he's going to do with this that's yeah. going to... So I, yeah, I don't I don't really have an opinion yet, basically. And uh, and he is and he is helping Jun Lun become the uh, or Jin Lun become the um, uh, the leader of the Wulin. That's sort of the the exchange yeah. they made. Um, so he's not he's not working with the Mongols, but he might as well be. Like um, yeah, <laughs> like in the book, in the book, it makes very clear, like it like very crystal clear what's going on here. Because as he's as he's going to the scene where he meets Jin Lun, he actually sees a bunch of atrocities being committed by the Mongol soldiers as they invade Song territory. And yeah. one of those atrocities is a screaming baby on the end of a spear. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's as heavy-handed as it gets. And, yeah. and I feel like some of that was absent here. You didn't quite get the sense of like the the writer is basically saying like Yangor you are make like this is like a, a you know catastrophically wrong decision you're going down the path of your father um, yeah and again, well, yeah this it's true because I'll agree with you it's like if I if I if I didn't have anything to go on other than the show if I didn't know anything about Mongols for some reason it's like yeah you you haven't gotten that clear a picture of <laughs> Mongols are really really kind of terrifying things to have invading you but uh <laughs> well and also and in the book it's like even more you know it's it's obviously from a certain point of view so like it's even more uh it's 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 even more stark it's it's very starkly painted um and and so i feel like the uh what's going on here is again you know it's Gango is very visibly making a choice that is uh not just going to have consequences for him and Huang Rong and Guo Jing, but consequences for, you know, like other people. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and to an extent, everybody's making that choice in this. Because again, you look at a character like Li Mocho, she's a powerhouse and she's not turning any of that against this invading army. That's you know, <laughs> like, they're all sort of bickering and fighting with each other, all these martial heroes. And there's like a, an invasion going on. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty fascinating. And I mean, it's, but yeah, I, I don't know. Getting getting back to the question of uh, of of Yanguo and his uh, his turn, I mean, I guess it's inevitable that, that the series had to go in this direction at some point because so much is made of will he, you know, yeah. will will he go down a dark path or not? And so for him never to go down a dark path a little bit would uh, would almost be anticlimactic. So I uh, 
I feel like, you know, the this, this story had to go this way at some point. Well, and also, with the one thing to keep in mind, Yango does not know how bad his father was at this point. Yeah. Like, every time he asks somebody about his father, they'll, they'll like, Wang Yaoshi is like, best not to talk about the past. And, yeah, you know, and I, I think, was surprised what yeah. Wang Yaoshi did, because yeah. at first I was like, oh, Wang Yaoshi someone who just might put it all out yeah. on the table. Yeah. But, no, because, yeah, I mean, that, another interesting thing of the Wang Yaoshi thing is it's like, he's not... You know, he's not just unorthodox for unorthodox sake because he has his own thing. It's like, you know, with the with the becoming becoming brothers thing. It's like he's like, no, that's unacceptable. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, he gets mad. He throws the uh, he throws a jug into the water when Yangua uh, yeah. suggests that they become sworn brothers. And there's the age difference. So, yeah, um, it's like some things some things do matter to him. It's just that he's it's not that he's unorthodox for unorthodox sake as much as you know it's just things he cares about, and things he doesn't. And just, uh, oh, but and he does ask Yango to become a student. In the book, what happens is Yango does not, and and what they agree on is he says, "Well, you can be my student when you're contending with Lee Mocho." So he teaches them the two techniques. Huh. I wondered how that went. Yeah. It kind of it kind of goes back and forth. It's like, wait, wait, why is he teaching him now? And I, I didn't mind, but I was just wondering what the rationale was. Yeah, there is an explanation. They get they sort of get a technicality where he's like, well, when you're fighting her, you're my student. And and there's yeah. this whole sequence. So so Lee Mocho leaves because she's sort of defeated by uh, Huang Yaoshi, and then she starts spreading these notes around that uh, <laughs> that say. Uh, um, let me see if I can find the quote because it's it's pretty specific what she says, and I don't. Want yeah, to... five on one, and uh, he's the laughing stock of the martial. Huang Yaoshi is the laughing stock of the martial world, off the top of my head, which isn't the exact wording, but yeah, it says Huang Yaoshi has many disciples, five against one. He's the laughing stock of the martial world, and mm-hmm. uh, and and that's pretty much what it says in the book too. And you, and she puts this like you, you encounter this phrase a lot. And, and it's the phrase that eventually kind of gets on the nerves of uh, Fung Mo Fung. Um, but, yeah. uh, but, but it's just so funny, sort of that tactic, because she just can't accept that she was defeated by Huang Yaoshi. And, yeah. and so it's, uh, uh, you know, she, she and, and it's interesting. What I, what I love about Lee Mocho in these scenes is, so she, she, she won't accept that, like, any, like, she's heard all these stories of these great, figures from the past but she she sort of put her own spin on on you know that the, saying that they're not so great after all so so you know and and huang yaoshi is one of the people that's in that mix because she just you know she just doesn't seem to be able to accept that other people are better than her at this point and and i and i like that she's sort of pestering him with this with this slander um yeah uh, though i guess in a sense it's maybe technically true i don't know but um but then when they get to the scene with Fung Mo Fung, which I think is the best, it's probably the best scene in the book, in my opinion. It's one of the best scenes in the book. Because Fung Mo Fung is this blacksmith who is a disciple of Huang Yaoshi. And when when uh, when he's there sort of working on the, the scissors for uh, Yango and all them, Li Mocho arrives. And and she again starts, you know, saying that thing about, you know, uh, being the laughing stock of the martial world. And, you know, and he and then he says, well, he has many disciples and he starts just very dramatically going through each of the disciples. And so he talks about bronze corpse and she's like, oh, bronze corpse. He was killed by a child. You know, don't tell me about bronze. And, it, and it's true. He was you know, we know that from the last from the last story. And then he's, you know, he's like, ah, but, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, 
uh, Iron Corpse is is, uh, uh, is is you know is it has incredible uh, is incredibly fast and deadly and and she, and, she, and 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 she says uh, uh, you know oh well she was blinded by the seven freaks and then she was um, uh, I forget what she said her which, organs are shattered by Ouyang Feng yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which again Ouyang Feng is nobody to sneeze at so she she oh. you know she's really kind of minimizing uh, uh, <laughs> the, the opponent that was being faced there um, yeah it's not it's not being killed by a child that's for sure yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, and so uh, I mean that child she's referring to being uh being Kuo Jing. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and 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 really, Lee Mocho isn't that different from Mei Chao Fung. You know, she's uh, you know, she's you know, from Iron from Iron Corp. She's she's pretty uh uh, she's kind of occupying similar territory in the story. Um, so yeah. uh, and he and he continues to go on and. And and she and you know so he goes on to uh, Chu Ling Fung who I think is uh, Shagu's father I could be wrong I think that's her father um, and she's like oh you know he tried to steal imperial treasure and was killed by the guards and and uh, and 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 it yeah. just and it plus just, again too it's like wow he couldn't even get into the uh, into the imperial palace yeah. you know it's, it's, <laughs> they're all they're all none of these slights are, are that great when they, when you when you dissect them. And it's just she's just so and and, and then and so then and so then eventually you know they they have to contend with each other because he reveals that he was uh, one of the disciples and, yeah and he fights with a crutch because his legs are broken and a hammer and he heats them up in the forge before he fights <laughs> and so I don't think the show captures the drama and the energy that the book has when you have this guy with a with a burning crutch and a burning hammer just yeah you know. It's a going against Lee Mocha. It's it's one of the most crazy scenes in the book, and it's and 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 so I think in the I, they kind of do it here. I think the same way, but I think in the book his his hammer or his crutch burn her robes, and because she's exposed, it's like you know like her you can see her shoulder and her back, and that's like too much for her. And Yango ends up throwing him one of his own robes, and and again it's uh it kind of. It goes back to her whole thing where she, you know, she's this terrible sort of like demon in the martial realm that just murders people, but she has like modesty. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She's got like, yeah. she's got these things that like, that really matter to her. And, uh, and so, um, and then Yangua, you know, because he's just learned divine finger flick and jade flute. He goes up and says, "Well, you know, I'm a I'm a disciple of him now, and you better watch out because it'll just, you know, all I have to do is use jade flute, and you're you're toast." And and in the book, what you know is that he's not ready to take her yet. That that bluffing. Uh, yeah. Well, well, yeah, because uh, Huang Yaoshi basically says, "Oh, in like I forget what time frame, but he says like in five years you'll be able to take her, no problem. But you're gonna have to train." Oh. Okay. And so he's not he's not ready to take her on and he's just using words to sort of cow her and and it works she ends up departing um, yeah that that makes more sense in the in the show i was like i was like wow it's not a very it's, it's not not a very young girl kind of approach to go well talking is easier than doing i mean that isn't yeah. i just it seemed like I, I was wondering why you know it would have been easy for the show to throw in that one more line so they, they well, probably should have done that well there's yeah. a couple of things going on too because 
not only she was embarrassed by the the burning of the robes, but yeah. then the person who helped her was Yangor because he gave her his outer coat, and so I think she was also feeling a sense of. I, I'm not. I don't think it was explicitly said, but I feel like there was a sense of reciprocation on her part for him, mm. like treating her like a member of her set. Because I think he specifically, I could I could be wrong, but I think he mentions them being part of the same sect when he hands her the robe. Um, yeah, and if he doesn't say it, it's at least something you're aware of. Um, I, but yeah, I, you know, speaking her for her justifications for losing and things, it's like I, you know, after she fights, uh, uh, what is it? It's uh, after she fights the blacksmith. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name. No, that's name. okay. But uh, you know, he, uh, she's like, oh, you know, I've heard these great things about the disciples of Wang Yoshi, but you're, you know, you're, you're not fighting properly. It's like, yeah, it's like, who would think, who would think Eastern heretic would use such unorthodox yeah. techniques? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's definitely. So, what, 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 what are you expecting here? Um, and, uh, and, and the, uh, and again, we do get the passionless Valley stuff. I don't know. I'm curious. What's your, what were your thoughts on the passionless Valley things? Cause we see Xiaolong Nu sort of, she basically, I, I think if I recall from the book, her her longing for Yangor disrupted her well her her inner uh, her her meridians when she was training or something and she got injured. Um, I see. I or she, it's I suppose she might have been pricked by one of the flowers in the valley, but I don't think that's what happened. I think I think it was training and she was thinking of Yangor and she had some kind of internal problem. But then the master of uh, Passionless Valley Gong Soon shows up. Uh, an older gentleman with a with a uh, you know sort of uh, you know a bunch of retainers, and he obviously is sort of a man of you know in a, in a position of authority. Uh, he mm-hmm. he arrives and he uh, he he nurses her back to health, and then he convinces her that the you know in his in Passionless Valley you can abandon love, and that's the source of your pain. So it's kind of yeah. like a weird. It's almost like a weird form of Buddhism. It's like a. Um, so he basically saying he's trying to persuade her that he's he's basically presenting himself as somebody who's trying to cure her of this affliction which is causing her pain, and saying, "Oh, you just have to get rid of the love," and yeah. and then when it's not working, he says, "You know, well, why don't we try some? You know, I'm I'm a healer. Why don't we try?" you know you marrying somebody else and then you won't be uh longing for this this love that you can't have and so you know let's get married and 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 i don't remember if they quite settle on anything in the in the series but they do yeah at the end of this she well she she her angle on it that she takes in response is that uh oh well if i marry someone i won't be available anymore and he'll get over it because he'll have to move on with his life so it's like i don't think he sold her on the idea that getting married is going to heal her pain it it just sold her on the idea that you know making herself unavailable will give uh yang a chance to uh to, to move on with his life okay so okay. yeah that that's that's kind of she she at the end of the episode says she's gonna head off and leave the valley and go look for someone to marry and that's where it leaves us off okay yeah okay so we'll 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 we'll, I'm sh- we'll pick up on that thread when we return there what did you yeah. think of the cool black khan stuff and him going to the mongolian camp and all that oh that's that's interesting stuff i mean it's all set up at this point nothing mm-hmm. has quite happened but it's uh 
yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued to see where it's all going to go. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know when they – I mean, I'm assuming they get back to it in the next episode. But once we start – once that – that gets interesting. I'll say that. That gets very interesting. Um, I, I think I think there's some memorable stuff coming up. Um, but, yeah, so the, the only other thing that I did want to note, because I was noticing there's a lot of shots in this series of the rivers and lakes as they're traveling on horse. And so rivers and lake region is sort of, you know, the genre. So I mm. thought that was kind of notice, notable. Um, but uh, what else did we get? Did we get anything else? I think we covered all the big details. Um, yeah. So, so I don't know, but for, in terms of, in terms of gaming content and things like that, uh, you know, did anything sort of leap out at you as usable? I don't mean to put if, if nothing did, don't worry. Cause I don't no, no, no. I'm not, not feeling put on the spot. I'm just trying to think because, yeah, I, I, I hadn't uh, considered that question yet at this point. Uh, well, obviously, like I said earlier, there's the whole uh, – you know, mock Sebastian scene where uh, where we actually have a level up, which is uh, you know he, he tells him, oh your your power levels increase now and all that kind of thing. So that you know, it's a it's an interesting way to approach you know a character leveling up to an extent you know in a in a very literal sense. But uh, I don't know what what, did, what do you see in the episode? So the thing that the the scene that uh, I had in mind is the the scene with uh, Fung Mo Fung where they just, all they do is something that players do all the time. I want to go to a blacksmith and have this special thing made to solve this problem, right? Which I mean, you've seen yeah. players do that. They they might not come sure. up with the scissor idea, but I've seen a lot <laughs> of really weird concepts being brought to blacksmiths, and I I have this idea that I've I've sort of I've tweaked a lot since I originally introduced it, but the idea of the faded encounter because clearly this is like. It's really coincidental that they're just happening to bump into the masters, uh, the the disciple of of Master Huang Yaoshi, who they, you know, were just with, and one of them is a disciple of, and you know, and it just all sort of perfectly comes together. Uh, I like the idea that whether you randomize it, if you have a world where fate is a real thing, that yeah. random encounters can sometimes be more than just random encounters and have sort of a degree of fate involved. And you can arrive at that randomly, like, okay, X percentage of encounters are fated encounters, or just when it seems appropriate, hey, they're going to a blacksmith, let's make this a fated encounter. I don't, I, I don't, I don't really care as much about the specifics of how it gets there, but what you do is you take the idea, blacksmith, okay, how can I make this blacksmith relevant to them through the lens of fate, you know, as like, how, yeah. how would, how would, you know, how would, you know, and, and for it to be a fated encounter, I think it has to have some greater significance to the players like they're not just meeting the blacksmith they're meeting somebody who's relevant to something they're doing or a part of their past or a part of their organization um you know somebody who knows somebody that they know or is uh, a lost forgotten family member or whatever just that kind of a thing um and i think yeah. one thing that watching a lot of wuxia especially the television series and reading the books because you see it more often in them is um is one thing that's done for me is it's made me a lot more comfortable with just kind of going with that sort of stuff in an encounter. Do you know what I mean? And not, sure. and not feeling like, uh, I don't know that it has to be there because if you, if you insert fate, it, it, it creates almost like a lower bar for plausibility because mm -hmm. 
fate can justify a lot of stuff. And, <laughs> and it's still an insetting justification, which is what I like. Um, so, yeah, well, it's, I mean, uh, you know, one of the, one of the classic things people have grappled with in D and D going back decades is the shopping scene. It's like, Oh, the party wants to go shopping and yeah. one guy's buying stuff and going through the equipment list and everyone else is bored. And it's like, okay, we spent 30 minutes yeah. at the beginning of the session shopping and here it's like this. This is a this is a shopping scene. We're gonna yeah. go buy something to fight Limochu, and not only does the blacksmith become this important iconic figure in their background, also Limochu shows up during yeah. the shopping scene. So it's a way of taking, which is this really perfunctory scene, scene that you do go through to get to the interesting scene, and it makes it the interesting scene. So it's yeah, it's it's interesting on a couple of levels there. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. That's a really great point because I think uh, you, you, everybody has that. You go, you you know, you you the players go and they do the shopping or they do whatever any kind of micromanagement type you know activity that is just sort of part of a regular game, and you know most of the time you don't need to do anything with that. It, it's it's totally no. fine. But it is kind of nice to have this as sort of an ace up your sleeve that you can you can drop every once in a while as a way to make it more interesting. Now, I mean, obviously. I think you have to be cautious, um, but in this scene, it, it, it made sense because obviously, so what we don't what we don't realize is Lee Mocho was, uh, you know how she 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 goes away and then Huang Yao she leaves because he thinks she's gone. She wasn't really gone. She was just she was just wait she was pretending to be gone because she wanted Huang Yao she to go away so that oh, she what? could kill. Them. So 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 it actually it's in everything her showing up there wasn't oh, coincidental. Yeah. But that's not that uh, weird. Um, but but again, you can really spice up a scene with something like I mean, and and again, it was also interesting because really the the party in this scene wasn't involved in the in the battle, though they became they became I mean they were part of it, but they weren't like involved in the actual combat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not to the extent that uh, Fung Mo Fung was, um, and so you also don't have it doesn't have to just become a melee. You know, it can become a situation that's very complicated and and, <laughs> and, and, and a really interesting role-playing opportunity. Well, ultimately it is. I mean, if we look at the, the five characters, not the five, there. yeah, the, well, if you look at the, the various disciples yeah. of Wong Yoshi that are there and stuff, it's, it's, you know, it's being the party and the blacksmith being the NPC. I mean, yeah, the NPC does the fight, but ultimately, uh, you know, Yang Guo is the one that, that talks her away you know he's the one that resolves the situation ultimately so ultimately a player had to step in and role play out a scene with her to get her to leave so it it wasn't it wasn't like the the party was on you know just on the sidelines and this thing played itself out with them watching and doing nothing so and it's it's also an example of how bad guys don't always have to fight until they die they can you know i mean again i think most people you know, pick up on this lesson, but it's an easy lesson to forget. And it's an easy lesson to just not ever encounter. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, and she's a great example of that cause she's constantly sort of fighting and then departing. And, you know, it, you know, I, I think, I think that's, that's, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and, and she's even, and, and she's, she's powerful enough that she's certainly somebody that they're, they're happy. She's departed. They're not, they're not eager to chase her down and do her in. Um, it's just, 
you know, the, the, it's it's more like the odds are just not in her favor enough, so she leaves in most of these yeah. cases, except for the the Huang Yaoshi situation, probably. But, uh, I I'm I'm going to call out not by name but anonymously because you know who you are if you're listening, but uh, <laughs> just a a game designer who worked on a uh, a. Uh, a Hong Kong movie type game at one point was uh, was was running ideas by me, and I'm like, yeah, there should be an ability where you can leave a fight quickly, where you can just get out of one. And he was just adamant that nobody would ever ever want to leave a fight in this genre. And I'm like, it happens so much, so much. And so I feel this justifies my point. But, <laughs> but well, there is a rebuttal, I think. That, that we're watching a mainland series, but uh, but uh, yeah, but it happens a lot in the Hong Kong. Yeah, I know, I agree with too. you. I agree with that's, you. That's I, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm but I'm saying, playing yeah, on the frame war in my head over the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there is there that is a rebuttal, but I can come up with many counter examples <laughs> to to counter the rebuttal. So, but yeah, I think I think the um I think I think, you know, again. And 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 I, and I do think if you if you're gonna try to model this in a game, it would make sense to to have an ability that makes it easier to get away, um, whatever it is. Because my character in your campaign has his retreat ability, yeah. so <laughs> um, yeah. So you you you've got that covered. So but uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. So uh, so so. Anyways, I don't I don't know. Is there anything else that we we uh, want to go over? I don't remember the. Uh, uh, if we missed anything, but yeah, uh, I think I think I've, I've covered it. Oh, uh, I think we're good. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna end it there because I have uh, uh, people don't know this, but my heater was out all all weekend, um, and it just went back on, and so I have things that I have to tend to now. Um, but uh, but we'll I'm gonna be back on. Uh, tomorrow with Wusha Workshop, and I'll be back on on Friday. Adam will be joining us as well, I believe. I don't want to uh, jump the gun on that, but I believe we'll have the full house with us for House of Flying Daggers, and uh, and then um, I'm sure we got other stuff coming up too. Uh, so so we'll be back on, and and also we have a new name for the 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 show on Fridays. The, the, the we always do these uh, Wusha film discussions, and so. We kind of I've sort of thrown around a bunch of different names. We finally settled on Wusha Weekend, and we even got a logo for it now. So, uh, so it's official, um, even though we've been doing it for like <laughs> forever. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. So we'll be back on, and we will talk to you later.